Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. From the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, I'm Kelly Sander along with producer-engineer Michael Mergens, Bob Getty, and Luke Johnson off today and tomorrow. So honored for the opportunity to be with you on our Super Talk network of stations, some 11 across the Magnolia State. Coast to coast, border to border. This is the Eagle Hour. Our first segment brought to you by our friends at Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Just in time for football season, and it's getting closer and closer. It's kind of tough for fans to get fired up about football in July. But look, August, right around the corner, and that's when it starts to take focus. But uh, at Dickie's, they've got their nose to the grindstone every day, making sure that the finest smoked meats are available for you and your family, whether you're ready for the tailgate. If you want to drive up, they'll uh, serve you through the drive through or you can go into the dining room and have some of that soft serve ice cream while you're waiting dickie's barbecue pit a fan favorite for many many years and in hattiesburg among other cities in the state of mississippi glad to have dickie's barbecue pit sponsoring the program coach eddie Bashir will be joining us here in just a second he's the men's golf coach at uh, southern miss and he's not one of those guys like the science teacher in high school that just kind of coached the team because he needed a, a couple of extra bucks. But he knows a little bit about what he's, what he's talking about. We'll talk with him in just a moment. And then Heath Hinton will be joining us from Big Gold Nation, taking us inside the Southern Miss huddle as we are some 40 days away now from the first game of the 2021 college football season. Greatly anticipated for many reasons. Number one, because of the COVID virus that, that put a lot of lives uh, Sports Live certainly on hold last year, but it also begins officially the Will Hall uh, tenure at Southern Miss. So we'll be talking with Heath Hinton as well, the big gold nation. All right, Eddie Bashir joins us now, the men's golf coach at Southern Miss. He is a native of Hammond, Louisiana, where he lined up his... Uh, that's L-I-O-N because it's Southeastern Louisiana Lions. But soon will be in his ninth year as head men's golf coach at Southern Miss. Doing pretty well on his own, thank you. Winning for the fourth time the low amateur at the Trustmark Invitational this past weekend with rounds of 71, 70, and 69. And again, that's uh, the fourth time that he's won that. We're going to talk a little bit about men's golf. The new schedule for the fall is out, and they are going to be... Uh, traversing some really nice tracks across the country and just check in on what's going on with the golf team. Coach, glad to have you along. Thanks so much. I appreciate you having me on. Uh, speaking of uh, the, the football season and everything, I'm pacing back and forth on the sideline of the Rock right now, just outside of the office here on campus. And uh, I myself, just like all of us, cannot wait for uh, football to get rocking and rolling. Um, it, it's... Uh, I appreciate you having me on today. Well, you, you may be the only guy that's not getting rained on at this point. In fact, your son, who's quite a golfer in his own right, got rained out at, in his tournament this morning. How did you get the Trustmark Invitational in this past weekend? Well, that's a great question. Um, we had some rain delays, and uh, so it was a bit of a start-stop, which always throws a curveball in there when you're playing golf in a tournament competitively. And but just you got to expect it. Uh, anytime you see rain in the forecast, you, you pack the umbrella, you pack the rain gear, and you, you 
just hope for the best, you know. <laughs> now, now when yeah, you're I, when you when you're in a Power Five conference, you know, obviously it, it goes without saying that recruiting budgets are inflated. You've, you've got just a lot more access to everything. So, to use a, a golf term, how do you deal with the handicap of being what some would consider, you know, a mid-major still trying to re- recruit really golf talent, really well, good you golf have talent? To be, you know, you have to be really smart with your resources. Um, yeah, you, you know, you could always want more and wish for more on the resource side of things. I mean, it's not a perfect world, so, you know, we're, we're not seeking perfection. We're just trying to do the best we can with what we have, which is enough. Um, yeah, we'd like more, but you have to be really smart. You have to be efficient with your time. You have to be efficient with your money. Uh, you have to do your research on the front end. Um, you know, you, you can identify talent, um, and then you can chase that talent every time they tee it up, and... You know, you could spend a lot of money, but you have to be smart in your communication with that talent uh, when you're recruiting them and and see exactly what your chances are. You know, so you, you try to look into the old crystal ball and and see uh, if you've got a really good shot at getting that player. Um, so you just you have to be really smart with, with your time and your money. I would imagine that this day and age of the Internet would make your job in particular, not that it's ever easy, but certainly easier because everybody's phone seems to have a camera on it, so you could look at swings, potential uh, prospects, et cetera, yes? Yes, absolutely. You know, the good thing about golf is the number one most important statistic in our sport is what is your scoring average. Um, you can see the distances the kids play when you do your research in the rankings database. You see the distance they play. You see the scores they shoot. You see the competition they played, what scores they shot. So you can get a lot done um, without being in person, uh, you just have to be smart about it. You have to have the knowledge and the experience of making those decisions when it comes to roster moves that will be best for your fit. Um, that's how you identify the talent. That's how you kind of pool in your players of what you're looking for for a certain class. But then you got to get to know them. You know, you got to talk to them. You got to spend time with them, have them visit campus. You know, you got to get to know that person and make sure they fit into the culture of your program. You know, because you want to make sure you're going to spend four, sometimes five years with these kids traveling up and down the roads all across the country. You want to make sure they're a good fit. Men's golf coach Eddie Bashir with us here on the Eagle Hour in our first segment today. Coach, looking at your schedule going into the fall, you guys are going to be looking at some really fine tracks. Bremerton, Washington, outside of Seattle, Washington, way up in the Pacific Northwest. Certainly scenic Chattanooga, which uh, scenic-wise is one of my favorite cities in the south. You're also going to be traveling to Winston-Salem and Phoenix, Arizona, among others. You guys are ready to put some miles on the tires. Yes. Uh, fortunately, we've had some very nice support in our program with our donors. Uh, our Golden Tea Club that we've had for numerous years has been a huge help to afford us to do some of those things. Um, we needed to increase our strength on our schedule. So adding those events like the tournament out in Washington, we're the only team this side of the Mississippi River that will be there. So that helps us when it comes to our strength of schedule. If we can go there and perform well, and then we're probably not going to see those teams the rest of the year. Well, the better they do, the better it makes us look if we beat them, and that helps us climb the rankings in the the database with the computer because the computer determines your rankings. So it just depends on who you beat and how bad you beat them. Well, that's an opportunity for us to go over there, beat some teams, beat them bad, and then – See you, boys. <laughs> you know, hope y'all play good the rest of the year, even though we beat them. But 
you know, going over to Winston-Salem, North Carolina, um, Wake Forest Tournament, their lineage in, in golf is fantastic. Um, they're always a top ten program. They're going to draw a good field if we can do the same there. That's huge. Boy, you, um, you talk about some of those Wake Forest guys. I mean, some names like you know, Curtis Strange and Lanny Watkins, among others, that have come out of Wake Forest. Good heavens. Correct. Will Zalatoris in recent years, Webb Simpson. Um, you know, they've got another guy out on tour, uh, Cameron yeah, Young, who's, uh, who's, who's fresh face out there, had a pretty solid run in the U.S. Open. I mean, when you play programs like that, you need to be prepared. You need to be ready to go. Um, so when our guys get back in late August, it's full speed ahead. We're hitting the ground. We're training them hard. We're getting ready to go because we're not going over there to lay an egg or to play patty cake. We're going there to kick someone's rear end. All right, let's, let's talk a little bit about how your team will be different, the team that graduated in May, compared to your personnel coming back in the fall. Well, the, obviously the COVID situation allowed um, current roster athletes to get a fifth year. We have met with, a lot of our, with our entire roster of returning athletes. We've discussed who would like to be returning. And the good thing is that they can start graduate school and, and get a graduate degree in the process because of that. So we've got a lot of great guys coming back. Uh, Bryce Wilkinson, Hunter Atkins, and Brian Richards are, are three seniors, played a lot of golf for us last year. Uh, those guys are going to be huge to lean on. Uh, you got Robbie Ladder and uh, Pat Ratanayanan. Um, I know that's a mouthful, but great kid from Thailand who has just been a solid stable in our lineup. we got some fresh faces coming in. Some guys that are top-ranked players in the nation. Uh, we've got the Mississippi Junior Amateur Champion coming in. We've got a top-60 junior golfer in the country from Louisiana. So I can't wait to get them back and, and let them mix it up, and let, let's see who's going to fight for a spot in that band. And I, must, and I must say this, and I'm not saying it to be patronizing, but, but throughout my uh, uh, travels, if you will, just through the city of Hattiesburg, I've been able to meet many of your golfers, and I find them to be very engaging, very smart, and articulate, uh, which I'm sure is, is just a few of the boxes that you want to check when you recruit these guys. Absolutely. You want to make sure you get someone. There, there's always two questions that I, I ask myself when I'm recruiting and evaluating the talent. Is number one, are they a good person? You know, Are they someone that if I had a daughter, would, would this guy want to – would I want my daughter bringing this guy home to meet me? He's a stand-up guy. I'd, I'd love to, to – have someone like that in my program. They're first-class guys. And then number two, can they help us win? You know, those those are the kids that we're looking for. They get it done in the classroom. They get it done at practice. They can get it done on the road. And they're just they're good kids to be around. I love traveling and, and running the roads with these boys. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you who is who is showing that they can do it on the course now are Asian golfers with two Asians winning both the Masters and now the British Open. We're going to talk on the other side of the commercial break with Coach Eddie Brescher about how golf, not only on the national scene, but on the collegiate scene, truly is becoming more and more of an international sport. We'll continue our discussion with men's golf coach at Southern Miss, Eddie Brescher, after the commercial break. The Eagle Hour continues in a moment. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And we are glad that you are tuned into the Eagle Hour. Kelly Sander along with Michael Mergens in our First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. This second segment brought to you by Campus Bookmark right across from the Southern Miss campus, the big yellow building, and I do mean yellow. 
I don't care if it's foggy. I, heck, I don't care if it's midnight. You cannot miss Campus Bookmart right across the street from Southern Miss. Just in time, you need to get to Campus Bookmart. You full-figured guys like me who want three or four X's before that L. They don't keep a lot of those sizes, but but uh, but they do have some now. So get those uh, before the football season, all the latest apparel. And I mean anything that you need with a Southern Miss logo on it, they've got it for you at Campus Bookmart, and they're always available online 24-7. Continuing our discussion with men's golf coach Eddie Brashear, who himself won for the fourth time this past weekend on the uh, on the amateur tour, the Trustmark Invitational with rounds of 71, 70, and 69. Eddie, when we look at the majors this year, Hideki Matsuyama wins, uh, and, and people have always been expecting Matsuyama to do great things. He finally broke through with a win at the Masters. Colin Morikawa was nearly faultless uh, at the British Open, or the Open Championship, as a lot of people will call it, this weekend. And up until this year on the men's tour, much was expected of Asian players, but they're just now, it seems, starting to flex their muscle. On the women's tour, on the LPGA tour, the Korean women have dominated for probably, it's safe to say, the last five years, if not the last ten. So what does this say about golf on a worldwide stage, first of all at the pro level, and then let's talk about college? Well, you know, the, the professional level, the, the game has just grown so much throughout the years. Um, there's so many countries and golf federations that are investing into these areas of their, their own country at the junior level. And so they're, they're identifying the best talents at a young age, getting them on their national teams and whatnot, and then developing those kids to where they then graduate on to the next phase of their life, and then by the time they're turned professional, they've got this massive resume of worldwide tournaments they've played in and, and the top coaching and training they've used with these kids at a young age. And, and now you're starting to see that translate into wins at the professional level. And it's incredible um, how much talent is out there. You know, Hideki, like you said, he's been destined for good things for quite some time. I mean, that. Yeah, that golf swing takes a while to get it to the top, but man, when it comes through, it is beautiful. And when you talk when you talk about uh, the game on on the international level, it is evolving to college because you mentioned even here at Southern Miss, you have uh, a golfer from Thailand. You also have a Canadian, I know, on the roster, and I can't imagine that the recruiting budget is such that you can go over, you know, to Thailand and and but you do go to Canada, right? So how do you find? international stars to come to the Hattiesburg campus? Well, you know, the, the old saying goes that the golf world is a small world. There's always a lot of connections and so-and-so knows so-and-so. You build those relationships, and that's something we have to do in our business because we're really the only sport that goes off campus and says, hey, can we call this our home versus something like a softball or a volleyball. You know, they, they kind of do whatever they want. So you have to build those relationships and you do that through the recruiting side of things with the national coaches and the recruiters in these countries. I mean, when I was in school, we had a pretty heavy international uh, stable on our roster, but that really wasn't a big thing back when I was in school in the, say the early 2000s. Now golf has just taken off on this global scale that you look at it and you say, wow, when John Rahm was 16 years old, oh my goodness, I'd have loved to have him on my team. I mean, who wouldn't? Right, right. <laughs> you know, so... You'll go anywhere. You make these connections. Sometimes you can take a trip and travel to these countries and, and get a look. Um, it's been difficult in recent years because of the whole COVID stuff. But, right. you know, having those connections and saying, hey, I trust this person's evaluation with his talent. I know them. They know what I'm looking for. 
they understand budgets uh, because obviously schools have different costs and budgets. Um, and we're in a great spot for weather in the south, so that's why we hit up Canada a bunch. We've yeah. got great cost of living here, and then the weather's fantastic. And I was going to ask you about the, the, the young man from Quebec, because I, I would imagine that there is nothing he has experienced north of hell <laughs> like a Mississippi summer. <laughs> yes, it is an adjustment when they get here, and they, they get here in the fall as, as uh, bushy-eyed freshmen, and they say, oh my gosh, it's so hot down here. Well... Welcome to the South. It's better than being snowing. <laughs> yeah, I guess if you had to pick your you know, if you had to pick your poison, I'd take the heat over over the cold any day. Now you talked about these foreign players making themselves a home, and it is hot outside. Your your son is his son's tournament got uh, delayed today. Actually, the first round got postponed because of this unusually wet summer we've had. So it'd be nice to be able to go indoors. To practice, and that is something that is high on your list is completing an indoor golf facility, so to speak, for the men's team. Tell us what's going on. Correct. So what we what we're doing at Southern Miss is we're we're branding our fundraising efforts together as men's and women's golf, and, and trying to brand it as Southern Miss Golf. Anytime we do anything, uh, equipment wise or, or as far as you know, training aids and stuff, both teams benefit. Um, we have plans to build a 3,500-square-foot golf center on the back of the range at Hattiesburg Country Club. Uh, it's land that we're fortunate enough to have acquired when we did our short game facility. So, you know, the, the purchase of the land is there. Now it's time to fundraise the dollars, and we've actually made some pretty good headway. You know, we're about 70, 75% of the way there now. So we're getting real close, but when you talk about recruiting and player development and being able to continue to practice, even on these rainy days like this, which unfortunately we get a lot of down in the south, that's going to be a game changer for Southern Miss Golf. Once we get that facility up and running, it's going to be put a rocket ship on Southern Miss Golf because we're going as high as we can possibly go. We're going to the top. So that's what we're trying to do right now. We're really trying to complete that project with the fundraising. So how can your average ham and egg guy like me you know, get involved in that fundraising effort, but but maybe can't stroke a check for you know ten grand, but uh, might be able to help a little. What what do you recommend those folks do? The best thing to do is to join our Golden Tea Club. Um, I, I know you've got your baseballs and basketballs and footballs of the world, where everyone is very familiar with their their donor program. We have one for Southern Miss Golf that is called the Golden Tea. Uh, funds can be. If you want your funds to go just to women's, great. If you want it to go just to men's, great. If you want it split evenly, that's even better. Um, supporting our Golden Tee is huge for Southern Miss Golf. No matter if it's $100, $100,000, it makes a difference for us. We're super thankful for any penny we get. And it goes right back into the program, 100%. And one of the things that, that you've mentioned to me about, that the, you think it's kind of a headline that gets not necessarily swept under the rug, but it just doesn't necessarily get mentioned, is the outstanding golf talent that South Mississippi produces. You hear about baseball and football players being great, certainly on the, on the national level. But, man, the South Mississippi is cranking out some really good golfers. Absolutely. Uh, we've got a young man who's been joining us this year, uh, Cameron Goodman who is uh, playing the Mississippi Junior right now. Um, he's won the Mississippi Junior against a couple of SEC guys that are already signed and, and at SEC programs, and he looked them right in the face and, and beat them. Um, so producing good young talent like that, 
we really don't have a designate we don't have a designated training or golf center in the pine belt area you know let's say one of my guys uh needs to do some club work well he's got to drive an hour and a half go through the lesson sit there for the repairs i mean next thing you know it's a half a day for something that really only takes about an hour right fix you know and and having instruction like a really nice proper golf center here in the Pine Belt is going to be huge for developing even future talent um, that comes through, you know, say the Pine Belt area, because you know, the director of golf would will probably be giving lessons out of out of that facility. Well, let's let me let me pick your brain real quick while I've got you. Obviously, you know what you're doing. Why they they always on the PGA Tour? They always say that the bunker shot is among the easiest that a pro can play, but amateurs nearly have heart attacks trying to get the ball out of a bunker. Why is it so easy for the pros and amateurs have such, generally, have such a mental block with a bunker shot? Well, number one, there's a maintenance crew that has that bunker in pristine condition at all times. Uh, for the when pros. When Tour's playing, I mean, it's, it's pristine. Uh, and unfortunately, when we go to play, you, you got uh, Mr. Zahn over there who just played in the group ahead who, who didn't reach down and grab the rake and rake his footprints. And, you know, Timmy behind him just, lays it in the, in the bunker in a footprint. So that's factor number one. But number two is a lot of the amateurs are afraid to accelerate through impact. Um, you have to splash the ball out of the bunker. And anytime you accelerate through impact, you're not going to have the ball, you're not going to have the club cut through the sand. I always think of it like a dollar bill. Imagine there was a dollar bill underneath that ball. When you hit that sand, you want to splash that dollar bill out of the sand with an accelerated motion. That's, that's a problem there. Yeah, so you're visualizing it. I got you. And, you know, in, back in the day, and a you know, hundred years ago when everything was in black and white, when I was growing up, you had tremendous personalities on the PGA Tour. You had Chi-Chi Rodriguez. You had, you know, Lee Trevino, Tom Watson, Jack Nicklaus, Arnold Palmer. They had some, some great personalities. And now it seems a lot of the golfers on the PGA Tour tend to be rather uh, machine-like, although I have to tell you, I love, I love the little... Uh, sparring that goes on between Bryson DeChambeau and uh, Brooks Kepka. I, I love that. It just kind of adds some personality to the game, which I think is, uh, is what it needs. Eddie Brescher, continued success. We look forward to having some of your, your golfers on the Eagle Hour this fall. We hope we're talking about a great football season, but a great golf season as well. And you are welcome on the program anytime. Thanks, brother. I appreciate y'all having me on. Um, anytime, I'd love to be on. Love our support. Southern Miss to the top. And good luck to your son. I hope they get the tournament in. We'll be talking with Heath Hinton from the Big Gold Nation as the Eagle Hour continues in just a moment. Southern Miss to the top. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson will return on Thursday and Friday as they get a little bit of summertime vacation. And hard to believe that some of the public schools in Mississippi are beginning Thursday. I mean, you thought August 6th to 8th was early. How does July 22nd <laughs> look? Try that on for size. But from what I hear tell, a lot of the teachers in the state wanted it. So if that'll help them, then... That's the way it'll be. This third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you by our friends at 4th Street Bar and Grill in the shadow of M.M. Roberts Stadium, right across the bridge there 
on 4th Street. It's the home of the 895 lunch where the menu changes seasonally, but one thing stays the same, the quality of the food. And that 895 also includes your soft drink. It's where a lot of Southern Miss fans go to pregame. Well, it's the only place that they go to pregame, whether they're on the way to the football game or to uh, Pete Taylor Park. Southern Miss fans are always there hanging out, enjoying a cold one, watching some sporting events on TV, and you can bet that they will have all the Olympic events on all their different screens at 4th Street Bar and Grill, right across the Highway 49 Bridge on 4th Street. Joining us in this segment, as he does every week, is Heath Hinton. He is the man in charge of Big Gold Nation, and if you're not a member of Big Gold Nation, you can certainly do that, where you can get caught up on Southern Miss sports information 24-7, and we're also... Always glad to have Heath on the program. Heath, good afternoon to you. Hey, Kelly, how you doing, man? I'm telling you, not to have three months off takes away some of the benefits of being a teacher, doesn't it? Yeah, well, it, it does. It does, but I guess they're going to get longer breaks, you know, throughout the year. So that might might help them recharge as well. I'm sure yes. there's, there's a reason reason for it. But let's start talking about the Will Hall Tour. He was on the Mississippi Gulf Coast last night trying to drum up support for his program. And it seems, it just seems, that there is this groundswell of support for Coach Will Hall. But if you believe the preseason prognosticators, most people have Southern Miss finishing fourth in their division. Not in the conference, but in the Western Division. So point blank, Heath Hinton, are we over-expecting this first year under the Will Hall administration? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think we're – I actually like the fact that Southern Miss has chosen number four because it, it, Southern Miss, when they won the conference championship in the past, the past two or three they won, they were the underdogs going into the season anyway. So uh, Southern Miss always plays better with a little chip on the shoulder as it, as it is. And uh, – I think fourth is about right. You got a new coach coming in. Uh, it takes time for all that to gel. Quarterback. I, I actually like the the fact that they're chosen fourth in the West. Well, let's. You mentioned you mentioned the quarterback, and at any level, I don't care if it's junior high, all the way up to the National Football League, you better have a quarterback. And maybe it's just me, but I love what I see from Trey Lowe. I think Trey Lowe is a stud. Yeah, and he's a big kid too. Uh, not only that, but you look at him, he's been at the Manning Passing Academy. Uh, there was some uh, clips of him there throwing some uh, dimes down the field. He's worked hard in the off season. He finally has a full time to practice. Last year when he started games before, the, the only time he had time to prepare for a football game was the last game of the season. He had a couple weeks to prepare. Before that, he was thrown in four days, two days uh, before starting and didn't know he was going to be the starter. And they threw him out there. That's tough. But when he had time to prepare, look what he did against FAU. So you look at the fact that he has a spring, which he didn't have last year. He didn't get here till the fall. He didn't start fall practice till a week after it started in the first place. So he kind of came in behind the eight ball, then was thrown into really playing with not being really prepared, and it kind of showed on the field. But as I said, you look at when he had time to prepare against FAU, good results, Kelly, really good results. But I want to talk about his skill set, because when he was recruited out of high school to go to West Virginia, Dana Holgerson was the was the coach there, uh, Big 12 Conference, you know, sideline to sideline, wide open offenses, and then 
and then Trey Lowe comes to a to a Southern Miss offense that seemed to always be in constant transition, but was certainly not near as wide open as it was at West Virginia. Well, now Will Hall comes in and by all indications is going to open things up again, which I think better suits the skill set of Trey Lowe. Your thoughts? Yeah, and look, Southern Miss doesn't have the uh, big bruising running back. They don't have the Kevin Perkins like they did last year. But they do have a quarterback that's 6'3", 230, 40 pounds. And uh, that'll help you when you need some short yardage stuff. Don't forget about him. But, yeah, he's got a cannon for an arm. He can run really well. He's got the tool set. It's just, is he going to be able to put every performance on the field like he did against FAU last year? And you look at how hard he's working. You look at the fact that having Coach Hall there to help him uh, develop as a quarterback. An offensive line that's going to be better this year. I think I think good things are in store for uh, Trello. I really do. I think he finally has that opportunity to shine. It's no secret that Will Hall and his staff hit the ground running very hard. You know, recruiting offensive and defensive linemen. It's all over social media. The commits they've gotten. Some of the junior college guys are already here. What percentage of those guys, Heath Hinton, that the Eagles have signed will make immediate impacts on either front, the offensive or defensive front? Depth, I think immediate impact when it comes to depth, for sure. You've got guys that can step in and back up, and maybe some guys, especially on the defensive side of the ball, that can uh, start for you. I I think uh, when it comes to offensive defensive linemen, the transfers that he got to come in, I think, are immediate depth additions and are going to help the team immediately. Uh, will they start? Not sure, but I do think they'll be in the mix when it comes to backing up and rotating in. And, and when you look at some of those guys and where they came from, Mississippi Gulf Coast most notably, uh, Mississippi Gulf Coast, the national champions of junior college football. So yeah. they obviously come from a, a winning lineage and know what it takes in the weight room and off the field to become a national champion. So let's certainly hope that that's the case, and it certainly fits the bill when Will Hall was saying he and his staff are going to recruit Mississippi guys out of Mississippi backyards, and that also checks that box. All right, let's make the transition to basketball now. You're one of the few people that has really been able to, to watch closely the Golden Eagle basketball squad under Jay Ladner, and so far, as you fill in some blanks, you like what you see. I do. I think uh, as far as now, will, it, will this translate to more wins on the court? don't know, but one thing I can say is they're probably deeper and a little more athletic than they were last year. I think one of the things that people got to look at this team is it's going to be interesting to see what five he starts, who he starts this season, uh, where he plays them. But you look at Juan Pierre, uh, Napper coming in, a transfer. You look at uh, their Rhodes transfer. You got Tyler Stevenson and Denajay Harris, uh, Juco guy, Mo Arnold. I don't know if he's going to be able work, still working on some things with him uh, when it comes to uh, eligibility, but what an on-ball defender he is. Uh, they've got pieces. It's just getting those pieces together on the court at the same time. Do you play your five best or do you play the best team? It's going to be something But Coach Ladner and them they're going through uh, practice right now, and he's very pleased with what he see. And He says it's been the best practice since he's been here. And everybody loves Coach Ladner. Everybody loves uh, the assistant coaches around him. But, but 
Fair to say, though, Heath, that this year, a, a traditionally impatient fan base that Southern Miss is, is going to want to see improvement on the basketball court. I do, I do, and I think sometimes you gotta you gotta take a step back. He didn't get here till late in the coach hiring coach process. Didn't get much time to recruit, and then last year because of COVID, didn't get hardly any time to recruit and didn't get any time to practice and was thrown in. But this year, people are expecting more because he's had more time to uh, prepare. He's had a summer. He's had uh, practice now that he didn't have last year. With Stevenson and some of those guys coming back, uh, Pierre, you, yeah, people are expecting a much better season, and hopefully that'll come to pass. I think he's doing a good job of getting talent here. I think they're on their way up. But that, uh, that, I think he will win more. That's yeah. why I use the term historically impatient. <laughs> you know, because, yeah. Uh, so the, the social media warriors, as uh, Luke Johnson calls them, everybody has all the right answers. And uh, but I do think this now being and, and COVID aside, uh, I, I do think that that some of the fans are, are going to really be watching uh, closely this year to see that there's market. But that's not that's not going to be a newsflash to Jay Ladner. No, he knows that. He knows the fan base wants a winner. You have to remember when he was a player here, he was a part of a winner. They won the uh, NIT. He knows what it's like when basketball is good at Southern Miss and the greenhouse is packed out. Right. Um, he, he knows that. That's what he wants. That's what he's driving towards. Real quick. So, real quick. The effort's there. Real quick, Keith, before we let you go, tell people again, as we always like to let you let people know, how they can be, how they can subscribe to Big Gold Nation. Yeah, just go to uh, just Google Big Gold Nation or southernmiss.rivals.com. Uh, click on join. You can do it uh, per month or per year. A year's cheaper. And uh, come on, we're doing a football, uh, breaking down the football uh, team right now, talking basketball and uh, also recruiting. So come on, join. Be a member. It's a lot of fun. Heath Hinton, as always, we appreciate your insight. Thank you, sir. You have a good day, Kelly. All right. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation. We'll go over the Southern Miss sports headlines involving some Conference USA news as well when the Eagle Hour wraps up after this commercial break. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. We want to thank our guests, men's golf coach Eddie Brescher and Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation for being on the program today. Tomorrow we're going to be meeting a businessman from Hattiesburg by the name of Shay Lott, who is going to be a Conference USA football official for the upcoming season. We'll learn a little bit about uh, the underworld that is college football officials. Also, Patrick McGee, the professor from the Biloxi Sun-Herald, getting uh, his take on the latest happenings in the Southern Miss Athletics Department. This final segment brought to you by DBAT and D1 in Hattiesburg. As the man who used to be in Washington say, it's it's a really huge, huge facility. Uh, Good stuff. Really nice. At uh, at DBAT and D1 uh, to get you in shape for the next season of softball and baseball season winding down. They have free weights. They also have 
you know, indoor cages and places to run, and they can tailor-make programs just for you, regardless of the sport. There's no need in a baseball player training like a football player or vice versa. They'll sort it out for you and get you going and also be somebody that can be a, that you can be accountable to at DBAT and D1. You can look them up on Facebook. They're on Highway 98 slash Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Let's get you up to date with the latest headlines from around Southern Miss from the Southern Miss women's soccer team. Congratulations to Ember Temple. She's an incoming freshman from West Lauderdale. And the Soccer United coaches have named her a member of the All-American team. So she's an incoming freshman, and they're already noting how good Ember Temple is. Now, you know, you don't even have to be a big soccer fan to know that, generally speaking, there's not a lot of goals scored in soccer, right? Tends to be kind of quiet as far as goals go. Well, Ember Temple, in her senior year at West Lauderdale, scored 39 goals. That's not hockey. That's soccer. 39 goals. And she's coming in as a freshman to Southern Miss, already a member of the United Coaches All-American team. Congratulations to Southern Miss Lady Eagle soccer player Ember Temple. All right, let's go to Conference USA News, where the conference is naming their preseason all most valuable players, projected standings and whatnot. The standings for the Conference USA Western Division, as voted on by the media, and we all have learned, you know, not necessarily, you know, however you feel about the media, I just want to tell you how this came out. UAB got 15 out of the 24 first place votes. So the people think that uh, that the Blazers are still the team to beat. Followed by UTSA. UTSA was the only other team that got first place votes in the West. So UAB and Texas San Antonio. Then Louisiana Tech finished third in the balloting. Now, Louisiana Tech and UAB have been battling you know, for that top spot for the last couple of seasons, but now with all those starters that UTSA has coming back, a lot of the media people think that uh, Jeff Trailer, the coach there, has got things going in the right direction. So Louisiana Tech came in third in the poll. Then comes the good guys of Southern Miss in fourth, as we mentioned a little bit earlier with Heath Hinton. And then rounding out five, six, and seven in the Western Division, is Rice, North Texas, and UTEP. And we mentioned yesterday on the show that Dana Dimmel, the head coach at UTEP, is being listed by a lot of sports writers as a coach who has to have a successful season this year. I think his uh, overall record, 6-27 and 27 at UTEP, but projected to finish last in the Western Division. Now, speaking of preseason prognostications, also from Conference USA... The Conference USA Offensive Player of the Year heading into the season, the man that was named with that honor is running back Sincere McCormick out of UTSA. One of the big reasons why the Roadrunners are projected to be much higher in the standings in the Conference USA Western Division, Sincere McCormick, uh, the running back for UTSA, the Offensive Player of the Year. On the defensive side of the ball, D'Angelo Malone, the defensive end from Western Kentucky, gets that nod. Not major surprises there, but then the special teams player of the year, also from UTSA. That's Lucas Dean, the punter for UTSA. So two out of the three preseason favorites to win those awards come off of the San Antonio roster. Not a whole lot of love. For Southern Miss. 
And as Heath Hinton said, going into a season, you'd almost rather be the underdog so that people are more, let's just say they're more psychologically apt to make a mistake with you than the guy who's coming in that everybody, you know, the guy that gets all the girls, like when Marshall comes to town, right? I mean, Marshall's supposed to be the stud in the Eastern Division, so you come in and make sure that you're ready. But two of those three, again, coming from UTSA. So it'll have a lot to say uh, on how that team will do, considering they have all those starters back. And we'll be keeping you posted, of course, as the season gets closer and closer. Will Hall is still out on the road. We mentioned he was on the in the Mississippi Gulf Coast last night and uh, talking up his program to the Mississippi Gulf Coast. His tour actually ends on August 14th in Hattiesburg. And that'll be about the time that the guys are back in full fold. August 14th, his last scheduled appearance in Hattiesburg. And you don't think this image and likeness thing, ruling that just came down, isn't having an effect? Nick Saban, or Nick Satan, whatever his name is, the head coach at Alabama said yesterday that Bryce Young, his quarterback, who has thrown one touchdown, one touchdown last year, has already signed nearly $1 million in endorsements. Michael Morgans, we're in the wrong business. Yep. <laughs> and physical condition, because, yeah, we can't even play sports. Something to be said for that. We've got another great Eagle Hour planned for you tomorrow. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.